This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Well, hello and welcome to the Forever Bristol City podcast. It's league action back at Ashton Gate for the first time in 17 months. 17 months to the day. Today is August the 7th, 2021. Last time it was March the 7th, 2020. And it was a 1-1 final scoreline against newly promoted Blackpool. But the manner of the Blackpool goal in the very last kick of the game, it felt more like a defeat. Joining me is uh, Ian and uh, quite a few people in the uh, studio as well. So let's have uh, your comments as uh, as our conversation uh, develops. Uh, Ian, um, you you were there for the Villa game and you said on the Radio Bristol, when I heard you speaking there, you'd been uh, down, saw them down at Plymouth. Um, somebody said on Radio Bristol, the atmosphere wasn't good. I thought it was okay. What did you think? I, I thought the atmosphere was, uh, was okay. I thought Blackpool... Uh, with their thousand fans um, up the atmosphere, if you will, with a bit of singing and, and dancing. But let's be honest. Um, although listening to Radio Bristol, I think I I, I watched a completely different game uh, to some people. Um, in what way? In what way do you say that, Ian? In what way do you say well, that? Well, people say, well, you know, lots to look forward to, some very promising performances. I, I, before the start of this season, as I said, when we've done pods, I said to you at the time. I can't see where the goals are going to come from. No. Um, and I can't see where the goals are going to come from. I, I, I can't and say... And you can't see where the goals are going to come from. Exactly. No, well, we <laughs> we got... Uh, we had two shots on target today and we yeah. scored with one of them. They yeah. had one shot on target and scored yeah. with it. Uh, yeah, we did, did have 11. We did have 11 in total, as you say, that we did at the... They did at the post yeah, but as well. That, but... that just... But 11 in total and only having two on target, that's not good. That's bad. Yeah. You know, you're better off if we had six shots and five were on target. I think, well, okay, yeah, that's a bit of quality there, but desperately lacking a striker. Um, I, I thought the manager uh, lost two points with his substitutions. Meaningless, uh, when meaningless he, substitutions. When, when, he t- when he took when he took Adam Scott off, who was blowing, and I'm surprised he wasn't taken off ten minutes earlier. Mm. Uh, he should have put Naki Wells on. Yeah, and gone and, and gone and got been a bit positive. Gone and got another goal. Yeah, but, but he would say that he was positive when he brought Sam Bell on. But it's bringing in an eighteen-year-old kid when you got a twenty-season, twenty-goal a season potentially striker, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was bad, bad substitutions. I, I thought our, our substitutions were bad, and I thought theirs were good. Um, yeah. So well, the two um, guys who the two guys who came on for them combined for the goal, didn't they? 
Yeah, and and I think you know when you <clears throat> we had enough chances in the first half to win that game, but the reason we didn't win the game is we didn't take them, and the reason we didn't take them is because we haven't got a goal scorer, and and, no. and it really is as, as simple as that. We played. I think uh, take the first ten minutes out of the first half. I yeah, thought we they looked they look reasonable. Yeah, they were reasonable themselves. I, I, they, the I, yeah. I thought we looked uh, quite dominant. I mean, the defence couldn't have done that badly because they only had one shot on target. Yeah. Um, but I still, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I cannot see how Thomas Callas and um, Naki, Naki well, can't get in a starting lineup. Can't get in our when you if you're looking for goals, Naki is the only guy we got who's capable yeah. of scoring twenty goals a season. I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying he's capable of it. Yeah. None of the other guys are. Yeah, let's look at the starting lineup, Ian. I mean, certain people conspicuous by their absence. Never mind in the eleven, but even in the uh, match day squad. But then we're restricted to is it seven subs, and you're only allowed to use three. So back as it was. Um, Dan Bentley in goal, no surprises there. But Dan Bentley, captain. I don't see how a goalkeeper can really be captain. You can see what's going on in front of you, but when you're talking about how to position a free kick on the edge of the box, I don't think it works. But um, Dan Bentley in goal, um, the back four was what we expected. Viner, Baker, Atkinson and De Silva. And then the midfield pivot of uh, Red Leicester now, James and King. Uh, Scott in the starting lineup. Uh, I was really pleased about that. And O'Dowder. Was it a 4 2 1 3? Because Scott seemed to be playing in the middle, really, didn't he? Yeah, and it became a 4 2 2 2, didn't it? When Palmer came on, sort of. No, no, it was a no. it was a 4 it was a 4 4 1 1. And the one, uh, I don't think Alex Scott really played that much as a 10. He played more or less as a second striker. And that's not his best position. He needs to be deeper than that. I, I prefer him, as I said, I'd I, I play a 3-5-2, but I'd have him in that middle uh, of the three. I think he's more effective coming from those those positions in those areas and he can run through and lose his marker. Um, if you're going to play a second striker, play Wells. Um, but I, 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 yeah, it was what I expected, apart from I thought Palmer would start instead of Scott. Um, but... It was just, I mean, no doubt it. I hope he's okay. I don't know what, what the injury it was. It looked like more of a knock than a tear or a strain, but no doubt we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, uh, as you say, Odowda went off. Um, do you think that altered the game, how City might have played? Because, you know, you know, I'm not a fan of, uh, I'm not a fan of Callum, but um, it was, um, you know, it was an early loss, wasn't it? And the dreaded injury. And he hurt himself trying to score and maybe not following through in the way that might have put the ball over the line. Did you see it like that? I did. It was a fantastic pass. I don't know if it was James or King, who I thought, I mean, that's the best I've seen Andy King play today. I thought he looked a player. Um, He looked more like the Andy King of Leicester um, than what I've seen so far. So that's a tick in the box, Andy King. thought James had a solid game. And as that pivot... If well, I think if we'd have left it like that, Blackpool may not have scored. And I'm not blaming Joe Williams at no, you all. Said, I think yeah. he, I think he did well when he came on, but it just upset the balance in the shape of the team. And the bell for Palmer was meaningless. Um, so not happy with that. Uh, not happy with only having two shots on goal. And as I, I said previously, uh, 
I don't think it's just us, but I think we're in for a long, hard season if we don't go out and get a striker and we don't do something about about the formation. And like I say, I don't know what O'Dowd's injury was, but he, he didn't look right. He came back on the field, went down again, and then he limped off down the tunnel. So, you know, let's, let's hope he's OK for uh, next week, or it, at the very least, let's hope it's not another long-term injury because the kids had rotten luck with injury last season. Yeah, I mean, interesting. It shows the wealth of experience that we, well, not we experience, the number of players we've got in midfield because no place in the starting match day squad, that's the 18, for Naj, Backinson, Norma Senga, although I think I think Hanoa's injured, isn't he, or not? No, he's, no, he's, he's, Pearson said the only two that weren't available for selection were the two that had had the ops. So that's Semenyo and Robbie Cundy. Now, in fairness, I'd be interested in seeing uh, Robbie Cundy uh, because he, he won more aerial challenges in League One than anybody last season. Yeah. And the Gillingham fans were absolutely raving about him. Now, I know it's only League One, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I'm looking forward to seeing Anton come back because I think he gives us a bit more pace and a bit more physical presence out on the right-hand side. I don't I don't think he's a striker. Um, but those are the only two. Now, I fully expect there to be at least nine, if not 11 changes when we play Forest Green. And you've just named the midfield. Yeah, you know, if you went up there and played three in midfield, you can play uh, that, and and at the back you can play a guy that was playing in the Euros. You can play another guy that was playing in the Euros in the midfield. Um, so you you may have to play a couple of youngsters up front, but we got you know we got plenty of them. So you know I I think we'll have a well I say youngsters up front. I we need to start Naki Wells probably. So. But, Tommy Conway or Lewis Britton next to him and, and see how that works out. Um, I think it'd probably be a 4-4-2 again. Uh, you've got a back foot, a ready-made replacement back four of Moore, Callas, Simpson and Pring. Um, yeah. Then you've got your, your midfield that you mentioned, Masengo, Backinson, Naj. And, and then, and then uh, as you say, you could play Naki Wells and Tommy Conway up front. Yeah, but then you haven't got yeah, any width. You haven't got any width, have you? Other than Seiku Jana. He's... And somebody said he well, plays you, more you down can, the middle and wide, doesn't he? No, well, Sachs is 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 better on, on on wide on one side, left or right. He's a bit like Semenu in that way. But you have got a War Edwards who, who's who's a left winger. But he's not so, mentioned anywhere, is he? Is he injured or what? You know, because you've been no, asking he, about him he, for a couple of weeks. What's happening there? Yeah, he. I noticed he played for the under twenty threes when they won one 0 down at Western the other night when Lewis Britton scored. So, right. You, we've got plenty of players. There's no, there's no excuse to say, oh, we've got to play these three or these four, and then say, oh, they were a bit tired up at Middlesbrough. So we, we've got enough players. We've got 33 players in the squad. Mm. 31 are fit. So let, let's have a different side up there. I, mean, I don't care about the results, to be honest. I'm not okay. Be handy if we had a cut run for the financial things. If we could get a Man City early doors or Man United something like that, that'd be nice. Um, from a financial perspective. But, uh, you know, it gives us a chance to keep all the squad fit. And, it, you know, let's say Naki did play up there and he scored a hat-trick. Then he's kicking it the door to start up at Borough. And I think yeah. you've got to give those people a chance. Or, all right, if, if, you, if they don't fit into your plans, and I'm not suggesting that Callas and Wells don't fit into Nigel Pearson's plans, but if, if they don't fit into your immediate plans... 
those guys might be looking to move. They're not going to be happy to be on the bench for Bristol City for much of this season. Well, those two and Adam Nash, really. You know, you've got three players that, you know, arguably Adam Nash should be in there, shouldn't he? Somewhere, somehow. I mean, if you look at individual players, if you look at individual players, uh, Ian, I mean, Bentley didn't have a lot to do, really, today. He did quite a lot of punching rather than catching. I mean, I was in the, in the ground when the goal was scored. Can't really blame him for the goal, can you? Yeah, because it was just a low ball and somebody nipped in front, didn't they? Yeah, but um, decent performance from Bentz. Yeah, I thought he was okay. He came out and um, he came out and punched a few, didn't he? And, yeah. Uh, but apart apart from the goal, in fairness, that's why I say you can't complain too much about the defence because he didn't have a save to make. No. Um, so apart from the one that thundered into the post, and I don't think any, you know, I don't think you'd have stopped that one with two keepers if it was on target. No. No, um, that would but, have made it but, less painful if that one had gone in, really, wouldn't it? Because it wouldn't have been right at a death. And it was a time when Blackpool were sort of stepping up a gear, really, wasn't it? And you think, well, that was their chance. We're going to hang on to this, yeah? Well, one of our big problems last season was game management. And it's a big problem again. Uh, and like I said, I don't think the manager helped. I think he made, he, he made a right rick uh, there. And, and we, if you look for the last 10, 12 minutes, all we did was give the ball back to them. And we didn't put them under pressure. No. Uh, and, and we need to learn to do that. And we need to have the energy to do it. And, I, and I, that's why I say I, I, I'm not, I'm more worried than excited uh, about, yeah. about, the, about the season. And I'm not being a, a miserable so-and-so. I, I'm just telling you what I think is right and what I think is wrong. We did do some decent things today. I thought King and James were good in midfield. I thought Chris Martin led the line well. But he's not got uh, any pace. Was... He's not got any. He's not got any pace, though, Ian. Has he? I know he scored the goals. He could say, "Well, he did his job today." But yeah. you know, he's there's there's nothing. He's not going to put. You know, it's the deft little flicks that he might get. But I, I mean, he, he he's a good, honest pro, is Martin, right? But mm-hmm. he's not going to get you. If he gets you ten goals, he'll have done well. Yeah, and I think he only had one season at Fulham where he got into the teams, yeah? But, he, you know, that's a problem position. And the player that baffles me, I said to Mel three or four times, not baffles me, but frustrates me, is Andy Vyman. The number of times he goes on these 40-yard sprints when the ball's going to the keeper, and he wastes all that energy, yeah? And for what? I mean, what did, what did Vyman, what did Vyman do today? I, I thought we had an okay game today. I mean, you, you never question the kid's work rate, but you're right that you want more end product. Because uh, he's not he a crosser. The... And you just said you just said about when Semenyo comes back. He always fit. Does Semenyo, yeah. does Semenyo replace Wyman? Well, he, he, he can play there. And Andy Wyman, to me, his best position is second striker. So yeah. he could play next to Chris Martin. Naki Wells could play next to Chris Martin. I think you need... We, we are short of a, a Jiju replacement. Now, if we can get somebody who's six foot three and they can run as well, then great. But if, yeah. if we need, if we do bring in somebody like Michael Smith from Rotherham, then it gives us that alternative. And, and those guys are very, very useful uh, in both penalty areas. And that's where mm-hmm. we were poor last season. And to be honest, I don't think uh, we were. Uh, we weren't great, 
attacking set pieces day. Although Voiman missed an absolute sitter, and when he slashed at a ball with his left, he foot, did. He had that was in the time. first half, one. It was on the angle yeah. in the clear, and you know, yeah, that well, that was one of that should have been a goal. And the goal that we did score, it was a good goal, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was well worked. Fantastic pass by uh, King. Uh, a fantastic cross. Uh, excellent headed finish. And uh, as I said, you know, O'Dowda missed that chance and got injured. Vyman missed that chance. Uh, Atkinson got round the back, another free kick. Uh, couldn't get the ball back across the line. And, and that comes down to that's when you need your Naki Wells, your fox in the box, someone who's going to stick the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, well, like a Tony um, Thorpe used to do and people like that. Yeah, that they're yeah, just you, there. That, that, that type of player, you know, he's, Naki Wells ain't going to do anybody from... 35 yards out. Uh, but if in and around the box, he's a menace. And he wouldn't have scored the goals he scored in his career if he wasn't a menace. And yeah. we've got to utilise that. And if we're not going to utilise it, let's try and get our five million quid back and go and get somebody that Pearson does well, like. Well, if we get five million Ray. quid, we ain't going to get five million for Naki. We'd be lucky if we got two and a half. Um, Red Robin said, and I don't know whether you noticed it, and I did, because uh, the camera showed it. Red Robin said, I couldn't see from where I was sat, but Nigel Pearson was not in the dugout for the whole game. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Red Robin. He was sat up in the director's box. And one person who I thought was being very vocal from the touchline, who seemed to be sat there as quiet as a mouse of uh, most of last season, was uh, Keith Downing. And Ian, did you notice Pearson wasn't in the dugout or at that sort of central no. gaze? No, I don't I don't take notice of anything like that, Dave. i got to be honest. I mean, but do you think... They do. Prefer do, 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 to watch, watch from the stand. And he's got Downing down there. And there's probably yeah. another half a dozen coaches down there because we got that many, I mean, even with... Um, well, Pat Simpson. Fleming, Curtis Mountain, and Curtis Mountain, Pat, Pat Mountain, Curtis Fleming, and um, Downing were the ones yeah, you've that also I got making a movement. People like, people like Alex Boyne are around it. So there's that dugout is normally packed on a, on a Saturday because you've got the seven subs and you've got four or five coaches down there. Mm. So perhaps Pearson thinks, well, I'll, I'll, I'll sit in the stand because you can actually see the game better. I've watched a game from the side of the pitch at Ashton Gate. It's awful because it's got a bit of a camber on it. So you don't see you don't see the, the, the game play out, if you will. So sometimes you see Allardyce do it a lot. He used to sit, in the, sit up in the stand with the old uh, dongle in his ear or whatever, yeah. whatever you call it, the earphones, talking to somebody on the bench. And all right, drag him yeah. off and get him on. I mean, I don't think, like I said, I thought the substitutions, even though the players that came on, I'm not having a pop at them. I'm just saying that from a tactical point of view and, and a team point of view, it, it really didn't work. And um, the the fears I had going into this season are, to me, they seem quite well-founded. Yeah, no, definitely. Mark, uh, Mark's uh, weaved his way through the Bristol traffic to come in and uh, join us. I say we've sort of jumped around on a whole variety of uh, topics rather than stick to the rigid format that we had last season. Um, Ian and I have been talking about the pluses and minuses, who was in and who was out on the day. Um, Mark, two left-footed centre-halves. Um, Nathan Baker was at his best today, I thought. And Atkinson, you know, only the second time I've seen him play, but he, I thought he, I thought the pair of them had decent games. Would you agree with that? Yeah, um, Atkinson looked very assured, timed his challenges to perfection. Looked, you know, looked very good on the ball. That somebody could trust with bringing the ball out of defence and making a pass, or maybe you know, being an auxiliary midfielder when we uh, 
you know, when we when we uh, you know go on go attack on the front foot. Uh, Baker, I mean, he showed near the end when Blackpool were threatening. He, w- the ball was played behind the silver, and he he managed to get his body between the player and the ball and warded yeah. it out. They weren't at fault. It was the it was the fullbacks we had problems with. As usual, we were, we, you know, we couldn't. We we've just left too much space be, be behind, you know, Viner and and the silver and. That was it. Was an absolute sickener, really. That's all I can so, say. So, are you saying? Because I was going to say, uh, Ian, I thought Viner had a good game overall, and yet Marks just pointed out, you know, the goal did come on that side. And I haven't seen a replay of the goal, but how did you see the goal, Ian? Was that a blemish on Viner's performance, giving them that space, or or what? How did you? Well, see somebody. That? I don't know if that was his man that he was meant to mark, but they were overloading on the left-hand side. Now, you've got to then look at, was he getting enough support off of Vyman? Was Williams dropping back in there or or James, whoever it was meant to be? And and they played some quite nice football, but the guy got in the box and he was in three, four yards of space. Now, I, I don't know if somebody didn't track him uh, or what. So I'd have to see that back Um on the, um, I'd have to see that back to be perfectly honest because I, I, I don't know. Yeah, so we don't, we don't know on that. And uh, Mark, um, Chris Honor had said uh, in the little preview piece we did with him this week that uh, Jada Silva was somebody who was actually operating in a bit of a comfort zone and needed to uh, step up a gear in his performances. Uh, other than the fact that I do think he's too short to be uh, a fullback and the ball was played into space behind him a few times. How did you rate his performance today? Um, I think it was a, 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 ste- a steady performance, um, you know, looked, looked a threat. It, you know, it, it was only the, the, the trouble is the fullbacks looked like they were only players that could provide us with the width, but we, they just seemed to get on top of the, on top of the, the free, the midfield free sometimes which was frustrating, you know. Viner would get on top of Viman and uh, just not, you know, just not get the return pass to get behind the defender. And similarly with the silver, I mean, Scott was making some good runs, and I was hoping Scott could beat the final man. I mean, Scott won a lot of free, for, a lot of free kicks, got a nice wiry frame. I mean, I mean, it might a little be a little bit too early for him, you know, in terms of him open open score goals. But he did offer a threat, and he did he did win win a lot of free kicks. And when he went off, we we completely lost that outlook completely. Yeah, because that's what three, that's what Ian three, said. We lost. We the had shape. effectively, yeah. I mean, Ian said this to me. I mean, we we effectively had three mid three holder midfield players instead of two, and we just waste. We we should have seen the game over the line. It was just a, a sickener. That they that they scored, but you always run that risk. And I mean, Casey Palmer, you know, some nice touches, some nice block tackles, but he just kept giving the ball away high up the pitch. And when the silver was near him, it just needed a quick pass, and they were they were behind us two, three, four times in the last ten minutes. They mm-hmm. they you know they had several cha- several chances. They blazed over the bar twice. They hit the posts. And then there was that sickening leveller. So it wasn't. It wasn't that we didn't see it coming. That was the bad thing, you know. The, the well, their was substitutes, there. their substitutes affected the game, as uh, as uh, Gary Johnson uh, used to say. Ian, um, Alex Scott, uh, he took the long route off the pitch to milk the applause from the crowd. I don't know the other referee told him to do that, but uh, yeah, the, the referee, right. yeah, the, the referee, referee, the referee did. You've got to leave the pitch by the nearest exit, if you will. And he was close to that touchline, so that wasn't yeah. the kid's decision. It was no. it was um, the referee. But he's a player, isn't he? 
Alex Scott. Yeah, he's and you know if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, you know, he fits that mantra in my view. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought he was okay. He whipped in a couple of good balls and then there was a free kick, which obviously they'd rehearsed on the training ground, which looks like it was going to be curled in by, I think, well, whoever was over that side, but they did the short pass to Scott. And uh, as he, as Mark rightly said, he won uh, a, f- a few uh, free kicks. Now, I thought Palmer was better uh, today. Again, I'm not a fan of uh, his necessarily. Uh, do you think he gave the ball away as much as Mark was saying, Ian? Yeah, I think he did, and and it's a problem with 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 Casey Palmer that he will he he will give the ball away. He will lose it, and and I don't. He's another one of those players to me that flatters to deceive. I, and and I, I, I for an, a, a guy with his ability and an attacking midfield player, he doesn't get enough goals and assists. And I know I keep banging on about goals and assists, but if you're a, an attacking midfield player or a striker. You have to get goals and assists. Don't talk yeah. to me about work rate, running in behind, uh, closing down yet. Those are all things you've got to do as well as. But you you don't, if I said name three great strikers, they, you know, you straight away people would go, well, Alan Shearer was a great striker. Yeah, why? Well, he got loads of goals, loads of assists, and he had the work rate as well. Yeah. So, you know, Teddy Shearer in them, completely different type of player, but the first yard was in his head. Now, you know, I just, I don't see what having Casey Palmer, I thought his work rate was excellent. I really did. But mm. I don't see what having having him in the side does. I'll be honest. Well, on that, basis, on that basis then, how the hell does Callum O'Dowd get in the starting lineup? Because somebody, I looked at his stats somewhere, I think he gets a goal every 20 games, yeah? And, you know, he's, he's the only recognised winger that we've got, but his assist record is pretty bloody appalling. So we've got two players there that if they walked out tomorrow, I don't think it would damage the squad. I mean, do you, do you agree with that, Mark? You know, Adowder and Palmer, they're luxury players. They're the sort of players that, you know, like we're old enough to remember the Duncan McKenzie. They can do it occasionally, but it's very occasionally, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he was a bit of a Duncan McKenzie was a maverick, wasn't he? That 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 that's, um you know played he played he played some good games, but he, you know he had a lot of clubs because he can do it consistently. I mean, Callum O'Dowder was a much better fit on the left of a of a midfield three, but I mean the reason he got injured was because he didn't take hit that ball first time with his left and tried to take it back on his right. Yeah. So if he if he hit that instinctively, he, he would have still been on the pitch, but. Palmer doesn't look right in that position, you know, left at left of a three. He has to be played down down the centre. But yeah. so I mean it was you know, square pegs in, in, in round holes again in round holes again. We we didn't we didn't have the whip today. That's what we were we were lacking. Scott looked the best the best of those three players. Vyman had, had a chance to, to you know to score early on and he stuck the ball in in Ashton Road. Uh, Andy King missed a chance. I thought Chris Martin worked exceptionally hard, you know, playing in a false number nine role, where you know he, he flipped the ball on and he held the he held the ball up well. But none of those three had, had the the assuredness to take to take to take a pass on and to score a goal. That's what they really need to do. Yeah. So like Ian, Ian's probably said this. Ian's probably banging his head against brick wall. Where was Naki Wells when we needed to see the game out? We should, we should have been put, put Naki Wells on, and we'd probably be talking about three points. Stick the ball in the corner, you know. But how many did we use, Ian? Did we use all three substitutions or just two? Yeah, we did. We, we did, did yeah. because you could have bought. 
Oh, sorry, that's right. Ododa went off early. Ododa went off early. Because you could have taken Chris Martin off and put Naki Wells because Martin was he wasn't puffing, maybe like Scott. Yeah, but I don't see this fixation with with getting Naki Wells up front on his own. Look, Mm -hmm. if we're going to play football like Barcelona and the ball's never going to go above waist high, yeah, great. We'll have a five foot six bloke at centre forward. Okay. We don't. If you watch, get a, a CD of that game if you can bear to watch it. And look at the number of times we go high front to back. Either Bentley, uh, Parkinson, sometimes Baker. How many times the ball goes forward in the air? It's countless. It is absolutely countless. So it's no good having a bloke up front and he's he's being marked by a bloke who's at least nine inches taller than he is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's a staff thing. Now, if we want to play like Barcelona, Nigel Messi's five foot up. Oh, Nigel Messi, Lionel Messi, <laughs> is 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 Lionel's five foot four. Yeah, right. But because of the way they play, it doesn't matter. They don't need a big bloke. We do because we're Bristol City and we're not very good at the moment. Yeah. So well, we played some nice balls into feet, but it was getting that next pass away because Blackpool played the high line. And we just needed to get that that pass in behind them, but we just couldn't do it. Apart from uh, Matt well, that's, James, that's Matt point. James' lovely chip ball, wasn't it? To, to O'Dowd, that was the only one. Well, we've got yeah, but the thing is, we had two shots on target in ninety minutes. That's the problem. Yeah. So we scored with one of them. Well, let's say shots, headers, call it what you were, efforts yeah. on target. We scored with one of them, but in all, we had eleven efforts only two of which were on target. Now, yeah. that really, that's not good enough. And and what that, that says is mediocre lower mid-table. That's what yeah. it says to well, me. Well, somebody's put on um, here, we're, we're, a, we're a club with a top six aspirations and a bottom six side. Don't know whether we are a bottom six, but today was, uh, on paper, for me, the, the best chance we got to get in three points in the opening games. I just want to make one quick comment on there. I haven't ignored it. Red Robin, yeah. Somebody, can we get rid of the user with a racist name on there, please? That came shortly after we started broadcasting. I will be reporting that to uh, Podbean. Um, if they try and get into connect with us, I can block them, but I'll see what I do. Apologies for uh, for that that's there. Uh, anybody else that um, noticed it. But, um, okay, Um who else have we got to talk about? Mark, I, Mark, I asked, I said to Ian about Andreas Weiman. Um, <laughs> he's, he runs around a lot, but, uh, you know, he, he went in the first half, he did about three runs where he expanded so much energy, yeah, running, trying to close the ball down, never getting anywhere near it. He's 32 now. Yeah, and you can't fault him for effort, but should we expect more? Yeah, I mean, Dave, I don't, right I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think, I don't think Vyman's thirty-two, is he? I don't think Vyman's. All right, no, all right, no, he's, he's th- sorry, you're, you're right, Ian. He's, um, he's 30. probably thirty. Okay, but Mark, sorry, Mark, what do you think of uh, Vyman's contribution? Uh, a, a little bit like headless chicken sometimes, running, running around a lot. I mean, he was like the our front three today. <sighs> You know some 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 nice touches on the edge of the area, but when they tried to get into in, you know into the penalty area, didn't really do anything. You know some nice t- touches to feet, but then they seemed to be you know on top of one another and just couldn't get that that next pass away, which was really annoying because Blackpool were really square in defence. You know in, inviting us to beat that offside line, they were looking to play offside most of the most of the time, and 
nine times out of ten we were, we were getting caught out. But he, he looked a bit rusty. I mean, Vineman will run himself into the ground. I mean, literally. He, yeah. he'll, he'll, run, he'll run for 90 minutes. He's 29. Uh, he was 29 on the on the, uh, on the the 5th of August, apparently, according to the Wikipedia page that I just put up. Oh, so he's, he's, not, he's not quite... He's not quite for, you're, <laughs> you're pushing him towards an early grave there, David, aren't you, really? Well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was... I'm thinking we learn our last game on the 13th of March, that 3-0 away win against against Birmingham City, the classic, you know, counter-attacking side, play the ball through the middle with Zizou, you know, holding the ball up and, and Tom are looking terrific and threatening to, you know, to end the season on a high. And then it just all went wrong. And today, just the bad habits surfaced. I thought Matty James and, and, and Andy King looked, looked very assured as holding midfield players. The, the, the back two the centre backs look very good, but you know when you're getting into the last knockings of the game, you've got to win the game. Well, the offensive, you know, the offensive side of the game, it's, that's what the, yeah. that's that's the that's problem. What lost, that's what lost. That's us the, the problem game because we, yeah. we, you know, we didn't score that. We didn't score that second goal, and we got we got sloppy. But we were sloppy at the wrong end of the pitch. That was why because the ball just kept going, going, uh, you know, front front to back quickly, mostly down the right on the right hand channel. Uh, you could, you know, you could see it, but then the goal was on the left-hand channel, and Vyman he just tried to fly kick a ball. You know, if, if he'd have cleared it into into the, you know, into the into the Lansdowne, we would have won the game. But he just went straight back to their player, and then yeah. two passes later, and it's in the back of the net. But they well, threatened that's to very do good it. build up. That's very good that you've remembered all those moves there. So, uh, I mean, Ian, one of the things that. Uh, I may be repeating myself, so apologise for that. But Chris Honor said this week, you could throw a blanket over the whole squad and pull out like a half decent, two half decent 11s, right? But there's not a first 11 that you think, Christ, he's out today. Uh, You know, that's going to severely damage the side, is there? Yeah, because we've got, we've had this big clear out, but what was it? You said we got 33 players that are oven ready for the first team. Okay, there are some youngsters there, but they've all been blooded. Right, thirty-three players. There's not seven or eight that are on that team sheet, and we think, "Oh my God, if they're injured and they can't play." And is that is that a problem? I think it is. Well, what you've got there is is what most teams have got, in all honesty. And, and post COVID is going to be is going to exacerbate that. You've got um, quantity, but not quality. Uh, I think some of the youngsters will be good players. I don't think they are now. No. Um, so you've got of the squad, we've we've got 30, uh, 33 in the squad now. With the, the um, I, I think you could discount James Morton because he was going to go to MK Dons, and he's obviously one that the club are prepared to release, the same as they re- they let George Nurse go. Um, then you've got two lads injured. So that takes you down to 31, and three of those are keepers. Mm-hmm. So you've got enough to pick two teams. Now, are the teams of equal strength? Well, not, not the team I'd pick. Um, but I, I think when you're, when you're looking at um, the team that you've got, like I said earlier on, I cannot see how Naki Wells and Thomas Callas don't get in the starting 11, whether that means switching to, switching to three at the back or whether it means playing four five one or or however you do it, 
But I think Martin needs a partner. I think Wells plays better with a partner. When we started with those two up front last season, we won the first four games, and which in in reality stopped us from getting relegated. Yeah. Now all, all I'm I'm hoping this season is that there are three worse teams than us. It's the same as there was last season because that's all that kept us up. Um, was that start? So, and in fairness, in that opening four games, other than probably Stoke. <laughs> away yeah. which you did play well but those four games they could have gone like so many games in the first half of the season because we were in the top eight probably top six certainly top eight up to the end of November yeah but we yeah. weren't we weren't winning convincingly we weren't thinking well that was a good game or we're onto something here it's a bloody mess isn't it and we're, we're not being people say that we're the miserable old gits on it we're not miserable we're realists I thought there were some good things today and if we'd have won it 1-0 yeah, we'd have looked at the positives. Yeah, but we're just calling out the negatives that most of the people will see it, and we're just saying it. We're not being miserable. And I said to Mel on the way out, I said, Bristol City never fail to bloody disappoint, do we? I mean, if we'd have got the last minute equaliser and it'd been 1 1, and we'd got the last minute equaliser, you think that's great. But there we were, missed chances in the first half, and then, you know, um, well, and then and then they score it. Okay, look, I'm conscious, guys, that um, you know, Ian, you're doing this from a motorway service station, but there's, there's a few things you want to talk about. Um, Mark um, Pearson was in the stand for the whole game. Ian didn't think that made any difference, but you know, maybe the last ten minutes, your manager has got to go down. Maybe he did have radio control with Keith Downey, who I said was more vocal than I've ever seen him from uh, the touchline. But what do you think of Pearson being in the stand? And for that matter, because we talked about it before you came on, uh, Bentley being captain. Strange and not ideal. Just my view. Um, well, I've had goalkeepers who are captains before. But, you know, you normally think you give it to a midfielder or a forward because they can see, see the game better. But yeah, I don't understand Pearson being in the stand. I mean, he's... You, you've seen it in rugby union because, of course, the ball's the ball's probably up in the air a lot of the time. But then probably it is with us as well. But I, I don't really see that. I think you feel don't players, you know, might might feel better or might might feel more threatened if the managers if the managers there watching them shouting instructions or guide or guided. And Nigel Pearson's a really big personality. You think his best place is on the touchline? I I just don't understand that at all. I really don't. I thought he was banned. That was why he wasn't there. I didn't understand it. Yeah, or maybe. Yeah, no, it's a very strange one. So, Ian, I mean, it's a difficult. We we we're, we're mid-table at the moment, although there's four sides that haven't played, and that includes our next opponents in the league, Middlesbrough. But we could go. You know, one would hope that we get a result at Forest Green with our B team. Yeah, as you say, it'd probably be a totally different looking team. But then, Middlesbrough away, Reading away. Let's think of the unthinkable that we get knocked out by FGR and we lose the next two away games. The pressure's on before we even got to the first international break then, isn't it? Yes? Am I being overly uh, concerned? It would be be the most Bristol City thing to do, to lose to Forest Green and then get four points off uh, Borough and Reading. So, you know, we're not expected to do well at Middlesbrough. We weren't last season. We went up there, and I think, we was it 3-1 we beat them? Well, we won the year uh, before And the well. previous season, 3-1 as well, yeah. And, and we beat them the previous season. So, you know, we, we could do that. Um, Reading last season, we're, luck, we're lucky that we didn't lose that 4-5, the, the game at Reading. 
Um, but, you know, you could go up there this season and uh, let's, let's see Pearson's tactical nows and see if we can come out of games like that with a point or, um, or, or three. Um, so you don't know. You can't. It depends what team we've got out, uh, what he decides to do, how well we play. And, you know, it, like I said, it'd be the most Bristol City thing in the world to lose to Forest Green and then win the next two league games. Uh, and then everybody starts getting all excited. Um, yeah. We've probably been around too long to get that excited. Um, <laughs> and then we come down to the next home game and there'll be a nil-nil draw or a 1-1 draw or something Against like Swansea. So- now, Swansea, interestingly, they lost at Blackburn today, but a certain uh, Mr. Patterson scored. Uh, and I looked, I checked their lineup, and Patterson was playing. Smith was... Uh, but no Liam Walsh, not even on the bench. Don't say he's injured again. But uh, I think he, yeah, got, he, he got injured the other day. Yeah, he got injured in the yeah, friendly. In, Liam <sighs> Walsh is injured. Liam Walsh is injured. So, is that uh, right? Yeah, tripped so, over his weight packet and hurt himself. And Corey Corey Smith was um, Corey Smith was injured for the biggest part of two seasons with us, and he, he's yeah. been a bit of an ever present over at Swansea. That's the way it goes. Sometimes I wouldn't knock. Corey Smith, that and Corey wanted to stay. It was us. We released him because we were obviously fr- worried about that. Uh, Pato, we we released because Pato's one of those players. He's a one in. He's a one in. He's a one in six, isn't he, Ian Pato? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is, and uh, he was on decent money as well because we signed him from Forest. So, you know, look, I appreciate the situation that, that the club's in. There's no good crying over speech. If I was Liam Walsh. I couldn't have got out of Bristol City fast enough. And I said that last season when Ashton was on 20 and embarrassing himself. I've, I've looked in Liam's eyes and he's looked at me and he loves Bristol. And it, well, all right, Mark, why don't he sign the contract? We love Fam and Fam loves us and we love him. And yeah, it's getting to sign the contract, Mark. <laughs> Ian, Mark, you've been you... practicing this one all summer. I think you Mark, should be on the Ipswich Mark, Town podcast with that. Mark. Mark, can you can you get him to sign the contract then? Seeing as he loves it so much and he wants to stay here and his missus loves it and all the rest of it, can you get him? Can you just get him? What's all that noise? That was can me, you, mate. That was me. Yeah, can't well, well stop it. Can you can you get can you Mark? Can you get him to sign the contract? He loves us. Yeah, you said that, Mark. Can he sign the contract, please? Then we know where we are. We've seen this with Nicky Maynard that Lansdowne made a complete mons of, and that involved Leicester City. They wanted him for six and a half million. Lansdowne said, no, no, he's signing a new contract. I want him to stay here. What do we do? We sell him at Christmas for 1.6 million to West Ham, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's done the same thing with Gijou, Walsh. They should have been given uh, the ultimatum, if you want to call it that, the offer. 14 months before their contract runs out. Right, you've got a month (laughs) to discuss it, sign it, Right, you don't you haven't signed the contract. Right, that's it, my old son. Are you going on the transfer list? Get yeah. your agent in here. Right, get yeah. this lad a move, please. Now that that is how we should work. You wouldn't yeah. get that how many other clubs would that happen to? Well, well Gary, we don't, we Gary don't know Johnson behind it. famous. Do you remember Gary Johnson? He 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 chucked Bradley Orr out of his squad, didn't he? Uh, back in about two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, when he didn't sign a new contract, he said, I'm sorry. You're not part of my plans there, and or yeah. or signed it. Well, he treated he treated there. he treated Basso badly as well because Basso felt that he could play at a high level, and that was when Basso's time was over. But look, as Deo Deo for Deo's odd, he said Ashton has gone, move on. Yeah, you're probably right there from that point. 
The interesting, the, the, the footnote of that is that when Juju said goodbye to City fans, somebody tweeted, oh, so you had the biggest offer in the club's history. Uh, Mark Ashton said you had the biggest offer in the club's history, fam. He said that's what he said. Yeah. Well, talking about other goal scorers, I noticed uh, ex-players, Moise has scored for MK Dons today. Now, Andrew, I think I know this is my friend now. He said, gentlemen, steady on. We were one game in. Johnson Senior used to say, give it 10 games. And we were one minute from a very happy crowd going home. Apart from you guys. No, we're happy. Makes a lot of there sense. Some, there, was some, there, was some, there was some great, there was some great, uh, great things uh, going on there. You know, some, you know, I thought Atkinson was good. Atkinson and, 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 uh, and Baker, great centre-back pairing. Some, some good things from James and King. Yeah, we've said and I that. thought Scott, Scott, that. Looked Scott, good. Scott looked good. No, we've said yeah, that. Just we got we've said all of that. Sloppy we've said key, all of that. Key moments. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. typical day. Typical day for Bristol football, as somebody said on Radio Bristol, because uh, the gas they uh, they lost to a ninety sixth minute penalty as well. And I say we must move on, but Ipswich until a last minute equaliser were in grave danger of uh, losing at home to the mighty Morecambe. And uh, interestingly, uh, the little uh, person he won uh, up at the Stadium of Shite. I mean, the Stadium of Light. Um, Ian, um, final words from you on. Uh, yeah, there, there, there were positives, and we've not been totally negative, have we? No, I mean what what I've said, and and, and I'll assess it is, um, we created enough chances in the last thirty minutes of the second half to win the game three 0 Yes. Now, so that's the positive. The negative is we didn't. We only took one of the four chances we created, and that ultimately. Now the other. Uh, negative is that we only had two shots on target in 90 minutes. Now, what that tells you is we're not going to be full of goals, I don't think. Now, I looked at us in pre-season. We played two decent teams. We could, we didn't look like scoring against either of them. That was Celtic and, and, Villa. Um, Villa. and Villa. So, yeah. And I know uh, Villa particularly are playing at a far better level, but they didn't have that many of their stars out. No. So we, you need to look at a game and say, right, Today, I thought, yeah, shape, okay. Uh, lost something when O'Dowd went off. Mark, you're, you're at home. Uh, has any comment come out about what O'Dowd's injury is, how long he's likely to be out? Or is, is um, no, I can, take a, I can take a quick look. Yeah, take a quick look while I'm, while I'm summing up. But, so we will reflect the positives. We will also pick up the negatives. And only having two shots on target in 90 minutes... If you keep doing that, you'll get relegated. Yeah, it's as simple as that. No, so we we need to be. So what I'm saying is, I'm not being negative. I'm being realistic. You're just calling it out, Ian. You're calling it out for what it is. Yeah, yeah, and we'd have been saying we've picked up the good points. We've called out the stuff that is bad, and it's good. People like Gary Hours on Radio Bristol, he pretty much calls it as it is. If you listen to Chris Honour, he calls it as it is. Now, we're not going to get invited to the training ground and get to meet the players and everything like that, because once we are, we couldn't look those people in the eye and be all nicey-picey to them, because we'd be being disingenuous. So we're always going to call it out as it is and praise it when it's good. And we're fans. We want, as you said, Ian, four points in the next two away games, and then one point from this, happy bloody days. Beat Swansea, yeah, as well. Great start to the season. But it's typical Bristol City dominating a game for most of it and then conceding, you know, if it had been a consolation goal for Blackpool, you'd shrugged your shoulders and we'd have said it was good and one or two players could have been better. 
So, you know, we're... Well, do, you, do, you honest, do you honestly think we look like scoring in the second half? How many saves did their keeper make? Well, no, we, we, no. we threatened around the edge. Of, we threatened around the edge of the area, but we couldn't get yeah. we couldn't get that pass well, away. That's... We couldn't get we didn't get crosses into the box. Yeah, we we, we the, the only shots we had were from the edge of the box. I remember. I think I remember one from James that whistled past when he turned the ball over, and that was about it, really. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, but like, you, right. like you say, that's a shot. That's a shot off target, and and you can have four thousand of those in a game. Mm. Yeah, you want to work the keeper. You want to work the keeper, and I tell you one person who might have got a goal today had he played with the keeper being like he was, and that was Antoine Semenyo because he only scored two last season, but both of those were with charge downs, and that keeper, I don't know what he was doing. He was running around like on a can on two. He's out injured, isn't he? Sadly, at the moment, Antoine. Well, we know that, but you know, well, he's 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 not he's not injured. He's in rehab operation. Yeah, he'll be he'll be back uh, in September, but the window will be closed by then, and so will Robbie Cundy, who we may yeah. need if, as rumoured, and that's all it is, Thomas Callis is sold to give us some money to go out and and get a striker amongst other things. And the chances of that happening, Ian, on one to ten, ten being definite and one being not very likely at all. Where would you rate that? Because there's still three weeks to go in the transfer window, isn't it? Would it be England? Would it be a European club? So score 10 or 2? Uh, no, I would I would say the chances of it happening are probably a 5 or a 6. Um, it, it, there's, t- there's a lot of things in it, particularly if uh, if any kind of swap deal involved, because the other player is going to want, is, has to want to come. And he if he's at a Premier League club, then he's going to be earning a lot of money. Now, if, if we say, well, we're, we're not prepared to pay that amount of money, then the player is very likely to say, well, stuff you then, I'm off. But hang on I'm a bit. It, well, no, which is, we had this conversation earlier today, but if you're coming to me, if you're Nigel Pearson, you're coming, and I'm Steve Lansdowne, you're saying, right, you're saying, Steve, right, got 15 million, well, 12 million quid for Callas. Okay, and that's a great deal. When he's, mm. he's he's written off in the books, so this is all coming in, right? I can get this kiddie to come in as part of the deal. Yeah, so we're going to get eight million cash. I'm getting this kiddie going to come in, but he's going to cost us a lot in wages. But I tell you what, look, you ain't got to pay any more. Let's instead of spending the rest of that transfer money, I think he's worth the wages and is enough to make a difference. And if we don't want to disrupt the structure, we'll give him a signing on fee and bonuses and everything like that. I'm Steve Lansdowne. I'm going to think, okay, as long as you don't spend more. Right? Why would he block somebody whose wages are more? Not alone, because you're talking a permanent somebody coming in as a as a deal. But equally, mm. if it was Calas going to a Premier League club, and they said we could have a striker on loan for a season that was going to cost us thirty grand a week, which is one and a half million quid, would we sooner have that lad from Rotherham for a million plus wages, or? a Premier League striker for a cost of a million quid, a, w- a million and a half quid. I know what I'd want. What Would, would, you, would you agree with that? Well, you're assuming a lot of things there. You're assuming, yeah, but it, it might not have been presented in that way. I mean, the fee may not be as big. The lad, if a lad's coming in permanently and the they've got the wage bill, that, bearing in mind that Vyman, Simpson, Baker have all re-signed on less money that yeah. was made that was made public 
and it was made public for a reason. It was to say to the other players, we ain't paying big wages anymore, boys. Right. That, Which might that, be another that, reason why he want, maybe he does want Naki Wells out the door then for not starting him. Well, yeah, but it's all right saying, well, he wants this player out the door. Someone else has got to want to buy him and they've got to want to buy them for something like the money they cost us. So you've got 8 million with Callas, you've got 5 million with Naki. So, mm. and then you've got to get someone to come in who will be happy to be on those wages. And in that way, you've got to be looking League One, League Two, or possibly the Championship. You're not going to be looking at the Premier League because some of the the, the kids at Chelsea who can't get in a team are on 60 and 70 grand a week. Yeah. So, and, and players might accept it for a loan, but they're not going to, uh, put up with that for a, a permanent signing. And if, if you think players don't talk to each other about what they earn, you're you're living in a very, very strange world because they do. And the minute it gets out, they oh, X player's coming. He's on 20 grand a week more than the rest of us. They'll all be lined up outside their agents. We all lined up out Pearson's office. Yeah. Me, uh, outside Pearson's office saying, well, come on then. Why, why can't my lad have the money? Now, you mentioned something about Callum O'Dowder earlier on. And the way I describe Callum is he is a scorer of great goals. He needs to become a great goal scorer and a great assist man. So if he said, yeah. well, look, I'm only going to get two or three goals a season, tops, but I'll get you 16 assists yeah. for Nicholas Eliasson, then I would think, yeah, okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll accept that. But at the moment, if you look at his record, he's, he, he scored some wonderful, I mean, that goal he scored at Norwich, wow. That was like a real Lionel Messi. Yeah, and if he did it? that, and if he did that half a dozen times a season, only got six goals and as many assists, you'd say superstar. Guys, um, look, these there's some idiots on here um, that have logged in. I've, I have blocked them now for uh, future, uh, and uh, Deo and Jimmy Mann calling them out. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.